Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast presented by Ingalls, the official supermarket of Gramlick and McLean. We are talking about the 76 Birmingham Bowl today, and we are talking <laughs> about the Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com. We'll start with Duke Troy, and then we will get to the Virginia Tech Tulane game. We have some special guests that I'm going to let Mac introduce here that we're going to talk about Duke Troy with. But first, I want to give a quick shout out to Mac's dad, who officially retired from the military and just had a big party. And I saw Mac was throwing down with some Ingalls ribs, of course. (laughs) But just, you know, happy retirement. Shout out to Papa Mac for all that he has done. For our country, Mac. I know you're very proud of him. No, there, there's no question about it. He's uh, he's my hero, and uh, it has been such a, you know, just a cool thing for me to, to be able to see that grow up in it. I mean, I've never known anything different, right? Like, that's been pretty much my entire life. I was very young when he wasn't in. He got out, um, you know, right around when I was born, and then when the towers fell, got back in. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, as an officer in the Air Force, yeah. So, really felt that call of duty, you know, immediately. Mm-hmm. And, um like I said, it was just our way of life, you know, moving and, and we were very blessed. We did not have to move a lot. You know, there's some people out there that golly, every two years they're going, mm-hmm. you know, and I have a bunch of, you know, people that he worked with or that he knows that, man, they went to like six, you know, elementary schools and, and four high schools and all these different things. Um, and it's just, it's hard and it's brutal, but, um, you know, the families are a part of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Colonel that was presenting, uh, his deal kind of, summed it up really well where he kind of said, you know, his, his service was voluntary. Yours talking to my family, my brother, myself, and my mom was not, oh, you know, and, and thank you for that, which is really crazy, you know, cause I, if people say that all the time, uh, military people, I'm always like, no man, like we, you know, whatever. But when you hear it from different perspectives, it was cool. And, uh, again, I wouldn't trade, you know, my childhood for anything and the lessons that we learned and the places that we did get to see and the things that, you know, we got to do. So huge shout out to him. 27 years of service, uh, all coming down to, to, uh, you know, a day to celebrate him. And I'm glad we did it because he did not want to do it. You know, he, he's <laughs> the type of guy that, of course, you know, just, you know, whatever it's over. And I'm like, listen, it's not for you. All right, we're doing it. <laughs> it, it says your name on it, but for it's for everybody else and, and all these different things. And I think he really enjoyed it. So, uh, dad, I love you. And, uh, so happy for you. And, Kelly turned your retirement into an ad. So did I. That's what we do. We're making money here. Uh, and our great I friends did not over mean to Ingles. do that. <laughs> no, no, no. I love that. I love that. Uh, they helped us out because we did nine racks of ribs, Ooh. KG, and 120 wings. It was awesome. It was so much fun. <laughs> it was the most food that I've ever made in one sitting. It was amazing. And uh, people oh threw it down. Oh, my god! It was great. It was really fun. It was really fun. So first of all, KG did tell us we're going to do a little bit different. We're, we're kind of combining two worlds here, KG. Our, our friends from across the way uh, with, with big guy uh, Noah and Caden. Caden, I've known for a little bit longer. I actually called one of his uh, games. It was the bowl game when he was playing at App State. And Noah, we have met through the grapevine. And, and it's been a great relationship. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, so they joined us because they cover the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. So they had to educate us. Uh, on our friends over at uh, Troy there playing against Duke. So let's get to that conversation. We'll have a little Ingles messaging, and then KG and I will be on the backside to talk about these Hokies. Let's go. What's up, guys? You're seeing a four-box here. It's a little bit different. We kind of alluded to it in the introduction here, but I'm jacked up today to to have some friends uh, join us here from the fun bell because we're talking about, guess who, uh, the Duke Blue Devils as they play the Troy 
Trojans. So, guys, what's up? Say hello to YouTube. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you being here with us. Happy to be here, YouTube. Happy to be here on this podcast to talk about the fun belt and this great matchup we've got. Yeah, guys, excited to be here and uh, look forward to talking some uh, Troy versus Duke uh, ACC Sunbelt crossover, guys. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Well, okay. People, let, well, let's just do some intros here, Mac. So why don't here? I'm just going to pick the next person to intro themselves. Let's go with Caden. Caden Smith here used to play App State football. Eric McLean, thankfully, commentated one of my games, gave me some glowing praise about my journalism career that I was trying to pursue. He's a reason why I'm here. He's a reason why this has all come full circle for me. So can't thank him enough for this and trying to follow his footsteps, be another player acting like they know more from a former player perspective and, <laughs> and given their knowledge about the game now. So happy to be here, of course. That's right. That's right. Well, big salute to you, brother. That was something when I was doing that research uh, for that game, I was like, man, we got to give some love here. This is awesome. Uh, a guy that's taking steps to empower players and see it from a different lens. So it was an honor, brother, uh, to, to spread that. And I'm Eric McLean, uh, played at Clemson, offensive lineman, and have been on the ACC Network since it launched. And with my good friend here, I feel like this is the Brady Bunch. I'm like looking down. I'm looking every way of I where know. everybody is. <laughs> um, but but appreciate you guys. And, and Noah, thanks for for coming up with this idea. Yeah, uh, Noah Freire, I am a play-by-play broadcaster for the Sun Belt. Uh, we started this Freire and Smith podcast about a year and a half ago, and actually, for viewers who might not know, a lot of the ideas behind our podcast came from from Kelly and Eric, so certainly uh, very much appreciate kind of your guys' partnership. We actually work with the same producer, the same graphic designer, shout out Brett, shout out Richmond, so wish they could be here, but uh, it, it's been a fun journey, guys, and I'm excited to you know do this combo episode together. That's right. It would be too many boxes. I couldn't handle it if I saw six boxes on this thing. I'm sure they can do it. But uh, we've got a fun matchup, and we're going to look at this from a couple of different perspectives. Um, obviously, ours having covered the ACC and, and y'all's having covered the Sun Belt. And, and I think the interesting thing, KG, we were all going back and forth about this, is you can't mention names too much because you don't know if they're going to be there by the time we kick this thing off. It's so true. Now, we are talking about the 76 Birmingham Bowl. Saturday, December 23rd, right before Christmas, noon on ABC. Wow. Guys, I thought that was a typo for a second, that the Birmingham Bowl was on ABC, uh, but big slot for them. Duke at 7-5 and five versus Troy, 11-2. and two. Troy's a 7.5-point favorite, and when you really dive into this matchup and dive into Troy, and you look at who's opting out for Duke, you're not going to be super shocked why Troy is favored. Just to keep people up to speed, Mac, at least the opt-outs I've seen so far for Duke, of course, Riley Leonard, who apparently is going to continue this uh, ACC to Notre Dame situation, perhaps. Jordan Waters, which is a huge loss for them. And then a bunch of defensive guys as well. And then, you know, Mike Elko decided to opt out. So we'll get to the Duke side a little more in a second. But Noah, I want to ask just about Troy as a program. I know it's definitely one of the flagship programs for the Sun Belt. They won the league. Um, they've won 10 in a row. They're back-to-back Sun Belt champs. They're a great program overall. So just give us like a quick primer on Troy, if you will. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is a historic Troy program that has won national championships back in their D2 days. They've transitioned into the Sun Belt in the early 2000s, and they went through some, you know, some downtimes in, in recent years. But then you make the decision two years ago to bring in John Sumrall, who was a former uh, assistant coach at Kentucky, and, and things changed immediately. This is a program that's now gone 23 and four over the last two years. They won the Sun Belt last year in the first year under Sumrall. They win the Cure Bowl. Uh, and then this year you get off to a one and two start and then you 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 rattle off 10 straight to end the year. So 
this is one of the scariest teams in the conference. John Summerall did a, you know, a tremendous, uh, you know, job with this program. He has since taken, uh, the job at Tulane. Uh, so certainly wish him well there, but he has returned this Troy program. That was a proud program back to, to prominence in the Sun Belt. Caden, when you look at these opt-outs, man, and, and you see what these guys are, are, are doing just from a, a collegiate standpoint, you know, I, I kind of want your overall big picture here because I have my viewpoint, uh, you know, as an offensive lineman and as a former player at Clemson. But I want to hear from you. Are, are you with it? Do you understand it? Because you were kind of playing as all of this was really happening to, to get started. Yeah, yeah. I think when you look back at just when this all started with the guys like Christian McCaffrey in that early class back in the day, that were the first players that were really deciding to opt out to go to the next level. I think that's when you started saw it, seeing the ball get rolling and some of these players that were high-level draft picks maybe considering not playing in the bowl game. And I think interesting looking at the ACC versus the Sunbelt perspective of this because this is obviously something that's a lot less talked about at the group of five level just because there's a lot less players that kind of have money on the line and that are going to the next level so for me and my app state teammates historically even just looking across the Sunbelt and the group of five I feel like you see it a lot less versus a place like Clemson that has a little bit more cachet and has some players that have that first round second round grade on them but I also see the risk of it too being that kind of player you're talking to a guy who broke his thumb in his bowl game in his very last game. So there is a risk, obviously, especially depending on what position you play. If you're a running back, especially just looking at the way the running back market is in the NFL as well, I wouldn't really be encouraging running backs to play in these bowl games if they have money on the line as well. So I think it's definitely a situational to school, different thing. As a football guy, I'd love to see people just suited up and play one last game with their college teammates in a bowl environment. The bowl week is such a fun time. It's definitely something I couldn't see myself opting out of, but I also haven't seen myself get calls from agents and have meetings with other teams talking about my draft stock and how that's going to be. So I definitely think it's player to player, program to program, league to league. But ultimately, I think you and me, the football guys, we all just want to see everyone suited up one more time and play in their last collegiate game in a bowl game. That sounds almost identical to what Max said. I mean, that, <laughs> that's almost the same answer right there from you, Caden. And I really appreciate that. I think also with Duke, you're seeing opt-outs, but almost more opt-outs of guys that are perhaps transferring. Riley Leonard, right. for example, right. uh, Jordan Waters not playing was a little was a little interesting. I was mm-hmm. surprised by that, and and that's going to be a big part of this Duke offense versus this Troy defense, right? So this is a great Troy defense. This is one of the better defenses in the country and number one passing defense in the Sun Belt. So you've got Grayson Loftus, a really young quarterback for Duke. You have no Jordan Waters, Mac. I think Jordan Moore's playing at least from what I've seen. Again. <laughs> As of, now. This change, As of now, right. But this change by next week. But, yeah. you know, what do you – and you, both of y'all get in on this. Noah, if you want to start. I mean, what makes this Troy defense so good, and, and why are they going to present a big challenge for Duke? Yeah, I mean, I think for this Troy defense, it's going to start up front. I mean, when you, you look at this team, they have 45 sacks this year. They're averaging three and a half per game. Ooh. And when you look at them nationally, they're actually tied with an ACC program, FSU, at number four. Uh, and that's why I think this matchup and, and he's going to love this is it's going to be determined in the trenches because this is a Duke team that they've given up 15 sacks all year. They're a top 20 program in that you're going up against a a really good front line that has NFL talent. I mean, you look at a guy like Richard Jubinor in this matchup, you, you look at a guy like TJ Jackson in the middle, Javon Solomon, who has a draft grade currently. There are some legit dudes here at the front that I think can can cause some problems for this uh, this Duke front. So I think it starts up there. A little young in the linebacker core, and the back end has been excellent. They've got a corner, Reddy Stewart, uh, who's excellent, and and I really think is that true lockdown quarter against your number one wide receiver. 
Yeah, piggybacking off what Noah said, I think this this team's at holding all offenses to 17 points per game this season. That's like 10th in the nation right now. So they're they're a bend don't break defense. You might get some yardage on them. You might have your way a little bit from a series to series, but they're keeping you out of the end zone. And this was a team that last year had an offense that was playing terrible, and they were really dragging this team to the conference championship and the success they had this year. But now that they know they have kind of an offense to complement them, you can see them playing a little bit more freely. And it all starts up front for sure. But I think this is a three level defense. When we were watching the Sun Belt Championship up in the press box just given every play after play there's not many places to go if you're a quarterback in the passing game and things are going to be plugged up in the in the run game as well when you look up front so it definitely all starts up front but they have some sideline to sideline linebackers and they have some defensive backs as well that play tight coverage and make those windows small for quarterbacks so it's a three-level defense there's there's not really many weaknesses on the Troy defense and that's kind of why they are where they are right now as far as their national rating and just them being able to rattle off 10 wins in a row really and that's what's going to be so fascinating because you know, number one, when you look at Duke, obviously they've been a, a heavy run team, right? It's just when they had their quarterback, Riley Leonard, before he went down with injury, he ran the ball very effectively, but also that that stable of backs that they have uh, with a couple of NFL offensive linemen up front. The question, as we've all alluded to, is who plays? Does Graham Barton play? Does Jacob Monk play? Uh, we saw Jordan Waters is not. Riley, we know, is injured and, and not available and, and in the transfer portal. Uh, more the running back said he was leaving now. I've heard he's back and he's going to play. Uh, so it, it is just going to be interesting, but kind of at Duke's core, you know, they're built like a, a team that wants to run the football. So obviously that that plays favor, KG, when you when you have such a great passing defense, you can try to avoid that at all costs. Uh, but then when it's third down, everybody knows you have to throw it. You know, those guys can pin their ears back for Troy. And obviously the, the coverage has, has been very sound. What is y'all's read right now on, on Grayson Loftus? I, I mean, he's obviously taken over for for Riley Leonard after the injury. Yeah. We've seen him start to throw it a little bit more. Like, how do you guys feel about him as a quarterback for this Duke team? Yeah, well, honestly, it, it'll be interesting. KG too, and and Noah is does does Henry Beeland get the job back? Is he healthy? Yeah. And is is it going to be him that's running the show? But I, when I watched Grayson, you know, in the things he was able to do, especially in that North Carolina game. Uh, you know, they they had to throw it. They, they were forced to, and he was really able to come up big with Jalen Calhoun. Jordan Moore went berserk, getting the tight ends involved. I, so I, I think there's, there's a bit of a future there if Duke wants it. Um, you know, he, he showed some moxie in the run game. I wouldn't call him dual threat at all, um, but he can, he can go get it. He can go find those yards. Uh, so, so it is fascinating from that aspect, but at the end of the day, he's a freshman. He's a true freshman. Yeah. He's going to go in this environment in a bowl game if he's the starter against this very good defense. And I'm sure Troy's going to show him some things that maybe he hadn't seen, you know, in his limited time. Uh, but no question, I, I think there's there's something there if Duke wants to explore it or if they go to the transfer portal, KJ. I think the biggest advantage in this game is the Troy defense versus the Duke offense, personally. Yeah. When you look at the opt-outs and then you look at how good Troy's defense is. And I – I don't know. Graham Barton, he's a guy who's already accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl. Same with Dwayne Carter on the other side. So do you play in the Senior Bowl but not play in this game? That's always the big question. But I think Duke defensively is still going to be able to hold their own in this game, uh, guys. I mean, to me, that's not really a a big advantage either way. I know Troy's been pretty good offensively, but to me, this is a a kind of a defense first team. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I know they have a very good running back, Troy does, and that's something that Duke's going to have to lock in on. But I would feel better about Duke if Dwayne Carter is playing. Right. And we interviewed him this this year. He's he's an exceptional student athlete. I, I could see him playing. I could see him leaning that way. But 
Caden, why don't you tell us a little bit more about this Troy offense and specifically, what is it, Vidal? I want to, I hope I'm saying that right, the running back, because dude is a monster. Kamani Vidal. Vidal, there we go. Yeah, Kamani Vidal is a monster. Um, going going into the, the the conference championship game, when you have both coaches, head coaches talking about how this guy breaks the first tackle almost every time, like that's always <laughs> a great sign. And he did that in the championship game. He ran absolutely crazy in that game, over 200 yards, was yeah. in the end zone the entire day. He's definitely where the engine of this offense is. It's he, whatever the App State linebackers in this championship game, they were in position to make plays and they were still not making them because of his physical strength, his size, athleticism. But the improvement of the quarterback, Gunnar Watson, has also been a huge thing to watch for this team. This is a guy last year who was getting pulled out of the lineup every now and then if he wasn't playing too well, but came into the offseason, was a complete mature adult about the entire offseason work process. And you could see his growth throughout the year to the point where this offense kind of now, we, me, me and Noah have been calling it the chameleon offense. They really <laughs> find out what their best weak strength is going to be against their defense, and they're going to use it accordingly. I think the most impressive two-week stretch they've had or any offense has had this year is they face Army and they outrush Army in a game over 200 yards wow. in that matchup. Then the next weekend, they play Texas State and throw for 400 yards <laughs> in that game with one of the most high-tempo offensive attacks in the Sun Belt. So whatever Duke's weaknesses are, whatever y'all think is going to be the Duke weakness defensively mm -hmm. in this game, Troy's offense is probably going to try to try attack to that. It. So they've really grown yeah. from a team that wasn't really strong offensively last year to one that can kind of pick their shots just given the strength of their quarterback and especially the strength of Vidal yeah. in the backfield. I love that, man, Caden. That, that's brilliant. And I think it goes to show, you know, true balance. That, you know, so many times people think that, you know, balance is, hey, we're going to run it 30 times, we're going to throw it 30 times. That's not the case. Balance is if a team can take something mm -hmm. away, we can show this. Or if a team it, it has a weakness here, we can alter what we do to exploit that. And, and that's great. That's fun to hear. You know about not fun for Duke, fun for us <laughs> yeah. to, to hear about you know teams that, that are able to do it. Um, no, I, I, I'm interested in in Vidal here because is he a guy that you think gets you know snatched up? I mean, I'm looking at these stats, dude. This is freaky. He you know 20 plus carries a game is is kind of his average, and in a championship game against that App State team, two Caden Clozier, sorry, uh, 230 yards, nine yards per rush. And five tutties. I mean, that's crazy. I have to think that there's power five teams all over the country saying, hey, we need that guy. Like, we need him on our team. Yeah, I, I think it's it's it could be likely. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I'm hearing, and Caden alluded to it earlier, I think particularly at the running back position, you have a decision, the decision to make. Like, Vidal is an older player. And at some point, right. we all know the shelf life of a running back isn't extremely long. And so... I've heard that he's more than likely trying to pursue the NFL draft route this offseason, yeah. that he's mm -hmm. a guy that has a draft grade right now, probably a back end, maybe sixth, seventh rounder. But I've talked to some NFL scouts, and the biggest thing they will say about him is you can't fake these numbers. Like he's put up <laughs> over 1,600 yards. He ran for five touchdowns in the Sunbelt Championship game, becoming the first running back in FBS history to ever do that in a championship game. So this is a legit running back, and I think that there's a, a real chance that that he ends up just going to the league as opposed to, to leaving Troy. So I think that's a huge aspect of this matchup. And I mentioned it earlier, too. I think the other big thing here is the coaching change. You know, John Summerall is not mm -hmm. going to be there for Troy. Mm -hmm. We're going to see Greg Gasparato, who's the defensive coordinator, who will be coaching this game. Little known fact, he was actually Caden's safeties coach at App State back in the day. So hey, a fun connection there. But, um, yeah, I think this matchup's fascinating. It could go so many different ways. I, I do think we're going to see some ground-and-pound football, which we all love, right? Yeah. 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 No, there's no question about it. KG, let, let's finish this way. Let's go around the horn. 
Uh, ladies first, starting with you, Kelly. And just give me give me your keys. Give me Kelly's keys to the game. Everybody, I, I want to hear that. And uh, we, we can do picks, even though that's going to be a sad graphic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys mentioned kind of a ground and pound ugly game. Ugly if you if you love offense, but probably very pretty if you love defense. 43 and a half is the total in this one is what I've seen. So that's pretty low. I, I want to say this about Duke, though, Mac. I think Grayson Loftus is a gamer. And he obviously has grit. And this is going to be a big game for him when you have Manny Diaz coming in, the new head coach at Duke. What can you put on film here, right? Because Manny Diaz, I'm sure, is already scouring the portal. If Loftus plays, you were talking about Beelan as well. But he's probably already scouring the portal to see if you can get a veteran guy to come in. If Loftus does play, I really liked the connection between him and Jordan Moore in the pit game. Jordan Moore had eight catches for 106. Again, if Jordan Moore plays, so you know how that goes. The key for me in this game, Mac, is this Duke defense, which honestly, even when Riley Leonard was healthy, when you think about the Duke game, think about Notre Dame or the Clemson game, Notre Dame game, the Duke defense really carried them in a lot of ways. So is the Duke defense going to bow up and say, okay, we still need to have some pride in this game? Maybe we're not as motivated as Troy, which I think is definitely true. I bet Troy's more motivated because they can prove a lot here and they can get a 12th win, which how many teams in the country have 12 Mm. wins? But you've got to find a way to at least slow down Vidal, who you guys are talking about, the Sunbelt Player of the yeah. Year, who's just been incredible. So my key is this Duke defense has to has to show up and be ready to play. All that being said, I do think Troy wins the game. The seven and a half, I think I might take Duke plus seven and a half because I don't, I don't oh. love that number. And I don't okay. love the hook. But yeah. I think Troy does win the game. So let's just. We got her, boys. Yeah. We got her with the hook. We got they her. Got She's me. in. Got me. Go Blue Devils. All right, Caden, give me some keys. Give, give, me the, give me the keys to the dub, man. I think the biggest key for this Troy team, just looking at them, is they've really taken the identity of their head coach. John Summerall is a tough, gritty dude, and this mm-hmm. team, ever since he's been the head coach, has taken on that identity. And this is the first time now they haven't had him in a while. And they have a lot of senior leadership, obviously, and they have a ton of players who are deciding to not go in the transfer portal, even flirt with leaving and not playing in this game. So curious to see if they can have that same consistent level of energy effort on both sides of the ball in the trenches that's gotten them this far without their head coach. And I think you mentioned Vidal is obviously going to be a big key. It's looking like this will probably be his last game. You'll love this Emac. He's also great in pass protection. So he's just a complete back. I expect this to be, I expect this to be his last game and I expect him to get a lot of touches similar to the championship game. So Duke's definitely going to have to key in on stopping him and try to make this offense one dimensional despite them trying to pick their shots. So I think Mm -hmm. if Troy can, do their thing as far as not having their head coach around, still being able to play with that same level of intensity. It'll still be a close, ma- close matchup. I don't think it's going to be a game where, where Troy covers. I think Troy still wins, but I still think Duke has those physical big ACC bodies that Troy isn't necessarily oh, okay. is accustomed to playing toe-to-toe to. I still think it's going to be a dogfight. I would yeah. hammer the under and the points. I think this is going to be a big game with field position. I know Duke wow. has a first-team all-conference punter, which is going to be a huge impact, I think, in this game. I think it's going to be a defensive battle, yeah. lots of field position, lots of defense, and I still think Troy pulls it off at the end, but I don't necessarily see them covering. I think it's going to be a tight one. Oh, Noah, okay. We've got two Blue Devils over here. What are we doing, man? What are we doing? Well, I was clearly just impressed with the amount of research that, that Caden did for for this Big episode, the punter, and, baby. an all-conference yeah. punter. Come on, Cato. But uh, first team, yeah. You know, I think what's interesting is you guys know as well as I do. Obviously, we've talked defense, we've talked the running backs. I think when you look at a game like this, it's going to come down to a handful of plays. And I think for me, it comes down to which team can control those handful of plays better. I think you know we've talked about Vidal, we've talked about you know the quarterback for Duke and the stable of running backs, but. 
Does it come down to a guy like Gunnar Watson to maybe make a couple of big plays, a, a big play wide receiver like Chris Lewis, uh, you know, who has an SEC body that has been one of the best wide receivers in the Sun Belt. So, guys, I have bet against this Troy team before. I'm not doing it here. I am taking Troy to to cover the spread here. This is the first ever Power 5 matchup against a Sunbelt team in a bowl game. I think they want to come out. They want to make a statement in this game. So so give me Troy uh, to cover in this one. I, I think maybe we're seeing an 8-10 to 10 point win here. Ooh. Wow, I like that. Okay, I'm glad we can be y'all's first. Thank you for coming. We appreciate that. <laughs> uh, and here we go. Here's, here's my deal. I think it was very important. Uh, you bringing up those sacks, uh, the, you know that that Troy was able to conglomerate and really just pile up in in that championship game. For me, man, it, it comes down to can you protect your quarterback? And, and if they do that, if Duke can do that, you know, throwing the ball fifteen, maybe eighteen times this game, uh, and, and he gets sacked once or less, you, you're winning the football game. You know, you're you're going to be able to do that because that means other things have opened up. That means you've probably been able to establish the run. And Troy can't just pin back their ears and, and come after you and really try to get pressure. With that being said, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know, again, who's playing on that offensive yeah. line. You might have some young cats. You might have some new guys uh, who are having to step up in really key positions. I think Troy is just hot. They're going to play inspired. They're going to come together. I think losing your coach will galvanize this team. Uh, and, and you're going to see a, a really gutty performance. So I'm taking Troy as well. Woo-hoo. I think they cover – um, and at the end of the day, what I'm taking is this type of episode. This was fun. Come Guys, on. thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving us a little fun belt uh, intrigue right here. Before we go, I, I have to get this stat in, okay? Uh-oh. And Caden and KG I are stats taking and info. the Ks here are taking Duke to cover. <laughs> Noah and Mac taking Troy to cover. This is from our guy Jake up at ACC Network who sent these out. And Mac, of course, sent them to me. And then I scour them because I'm a nerd. This stat blew my mind, y'all. And maybe you guys already Uh-oh. know this. Maybe Frarian Smith already know this, Mac. Troy is 18-1 and one outright, meaning they win the game, as a betting favorite over the last two seasons. So go. when Let's they go. are favored in Vegas, they are 18-1. and one and maybe, maybe they don't cover, kind of like what Caden and I are saying, but they do win when they are favored. That stat is wow. crazy. So money line. So money line's the play. That's what you're telling us. I guess so. If, but you know, of course, if you were to ever put money on football games, but who would be stupid? Yeah, who, who does, who does that? that? Who does days? that? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, again, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun, and uh, we need to do this again. This, this was awesome. Most definitely appreciate y'all having us. Hey, let's get some more uh, ACC Sunbelt Bowl tie-ins, uh, and we can make this a yearly tradition at this point. It's like uh, Christmas before Christmas, right? <laughs> What's up, guys? Merry Christmas and hope you have an awesome holiday season. We have some really exciting news because of our friends over at Ingles. KG and I really feel great about giving back to the community. We want to do that. We have that urge, and these guys have stepped up huge. So massive shout-out to Ingles. We are partnering with them to feed over 100 families this holiday season. We're going to do a bunch of gift cards, giving it out to the community, to various people, and they have stepped up huge to match us in that effort in the upstate KG of South Carolina. Can you tell our people a little b- a bit about, about the initiatives and the programs that we're working with? That's right, Mac. Partnering with Ingles, we are so excited to be able to help support Clemson Community Care, the Dream Center, and Clemson's Paw Pantry this holiday season. If you want to find out more about these amazing organizations, we will link their information below. Wherever you're watching this, we'll have some link 
to this post, so look for it. We would encourage you to also give back to your community this year in whatever way you can. Doesn't necessarily have to be to these organizations. It can be, you know, $1, $5, whatever it is. That's what we hope you'll get from this. So God bless and happy holidays from Gramlick and MacLay. Okay, we have one more bowl game here to discuss, Mac, and that is the Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com. How convenient. How also, coincidental, KG. What is GoBowling? Is that is it about bowling? Should I type it in right now? Can and see you? Because I is it about go. bowling or like Let me just bowl tell you if something season. crazy pops up, I'm gonna Yeah, okay, real. yeah, that'd be bad. No, it's like literally bowling. So like where to find bowling alleys and stuff? Yeah. That's so interesting. Find a center. Type in, don't want to do Well, it does make sense for them to sponsor bowl season. It makes perfect sense. Learn. I go to learn and to learn more, and it just takes me to other pages. Okay. Okay. This is not good right now. Go bowling. You're struggling. And shout out to Ingles. Sorry we're giving another person more love than you guys right now. (laughs) We're not giving them more love. You you made uh, enough food to feed, you know, everybody in the world with Ingles. It's just a bowling alley. Uh, That's all it is. So, um, Got it. Makes sense. Awesome. Makes sense. Can we get a Gramlick and Mac Lane Bowl? How much do you think that costs? Hundreds of thousands? At least. To Listen, be a, let's the start title a GoFundMe. Everyone listening right now, <laughs> if you enjoy this and you want us to have a bowl game, we can stream it on our airways. Mm. You know, the friends over at uh, Barstool Sports do that. <laughs> so we can do that. Let, let's make it happen. Interesting. Yeah, you can be play-by-play. I'll be the analyst. We this give out – oh, God, that sounds terrifying. We, we give out Ingles We stuff. give out Ingles We can stuff. have Ingles come in with us. We give That's out graham crackers and mac and cheese from Ingles. To this bowl. Graham and Matt. Sounds delicious. Okay. We got to talk about this game. Virginia Tech, 6-6 six and six Virginia Tech, is playing 11-2 Tulane. This is on December 27th at 2 p.m. on ESPN. And it is in Annapolis, which is, I think, great for Virginia Tech fans at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. I've already seen Mac. Virginia Tech fans have sold out their allotment of tickets. I think this place is going to be packed with VT fans. Yeah. When it comes to Tulane, their head coach, Willie Fritz, just left and took the job for Houston. Mac said he just saw that the Tulane quarterback, Michael Pratt, is not playing. So yep. this is, you know, these are big developments for Virginia Tech. Tulane's also coming off the American Championship game where they got beat pretty badly by SMU. And then you have Virginia Tech who's feeling great about itself for a variety of reasons. Just beat its rival. You've got drones coming back. You've got Tootin coming back. You've got all these wide receivers coming back for Virginia Tech. So... And Virginia Tech, by the way, I don't know if I said this, the the line, Virginia Tech is now favored by 10. Ooh. Or sorry, no, eight and a half. Why did I say 10? Has okay. it jumped? Ooh. No, yeah. eight and a half. Eight, eight and, and a half. half. That's so, right. Yeah. Where did I see? No, no, no. I'm seeing 10 right here. I'm seeing oh. 10. Minus 10. Is that ESPN? So I think it's gone up. Company? Oh, it did. Yeah. Y'all, I literally just pulled this mm-hmm. up. Is this like a glitch? Well, no, we I think it's because, because Pratt's not playing. But you're talking about... A 45 second difference right now. It just changed. I'll just watch that reaction live. That's just crazy. Changed. I just pulled this up here. Wow. It's big. Two and a half points. That's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's about right. I think Tulane is not gonna really know what they want to do without their quarterback, without their head coach. And Virginia Tech, like we said, is feeling great about themselves right now, Mac. Right, right. And you know, it's it's brutal for Tulane to have two back-to-back ACC losses. You know, that's hard. That's difficult when you see SMU, what they did. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, I, a couple of things, because there was a lot to unpack right there. First and foremost, jacked up for these Hokies and kind of being in an area there, you know, in Annapolis, in the Maryland area where 
there's a big presence of Virginia Tech. And, and so it's already sold out. I know that environment is going to be nuts from the Hokie allotment, at least. Uh, and, and so I know that's going to be insane. Uh, Hokie fans show up, especially when it's close by like this is. So I think that's going to be awesome. I mean, this is going to have home, you know, kind of advantage vibes, I think, from a perspective there. And then you mentioned all those guys coming back. I mean, the entire wide receiver rooms. Ollie Jennings, who we got to see week one go ballistic, just go crazy and thinking, man, this is going to be so fun. This is going to be amazing. See him. And then he hurts his foot, his ankle, and is out for the rest of the season. So you're like, man, okay, what, what could have been? Well, he's back, baby. And I think they're going to be juiced up. And maybe he plays. I haven't seen anything about that where his injury is. That would be awesome to see him kind of have this, this uh, you know, encore for 23, first game, last game, you know, type deal here and, and really go out on a high note. Um, and just the juice you get from that. APR is coming back. I mean, this I've said this a couple of times on a couple of different things, radio, TV, and, and now here. I think Virginia Tech is really close, a couple of pieces away from making some noise and making some crazy stuff happen, KG. So I'm excited to see it. I think they're going to be juiced up. I am absolutely taking the Hokies to cover and to make some noise going into uh, you know this next coming season in 24. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know 10 points is a pretty big number, but – I think Tulane is going to struggle. Tulane also could not run the ball at all against SMU. And we know with Tootin back, I mean, Virginia Tech, I think, is going to ground and pound. And then, of course, with Kyron Drones, they can run the ball. It's going to be, yeah, that's a great point. It's going to be very similar kind of defensive, you know, just attack that you're going to see. Because SMU had like seven sacks in that game, too. Mm -hmm. Virginia Tech's coming, okay? And you don't have your guy. You're going to have another, you know, cat in there who has a little experience. You know, he played in a couple of games this year. You know, assuming that, that that backup is still there and healthy, um, they, they're going to be sending it. I mean, I, I'm trying to confuse them. I'm trying to send chaos. And again, you, you want to feel really good because there's no other games. You're not hiding anything. You're right. not disguising anything. All the stops are are out right now. I think this is the type of bowl game where you worry, or you don't worry. You you feel like <laughs> there's no guarantees, but I feel like Virginia Tech's kind of a guarantee here because, and Virginia Tech fans are saying, "Oh my God." Please stop saying that. But you have two teams going in very different directions. You have one team that is so excited to be there in Virginia Tech that hasn't made a bowl in a while, that is building something, that's returning all these guys. This game means a lot to Virginia Tech, and they know they have a lot to gain from it. And then you have Tulane, who just lost their head coach, right? They just lost the American Championship. They were possibly thinking we could be in something bigger. Now we're in the military bowl. We don't have our quarterback. What are we going to look like next year? Our guys kind of looking elsewhere, et cetera. Plus, the game is is in Virginia. I mean, or Maryland, sorry. You know, that area. You know what I mean? DMV. DMV. You know what I mean? (laughs) So there are just so many factors that are leaning Virginia Tech's way. I say Virginia Tech covers. The 10 worries me a little. That's a big number. But this is the kind of game where there's a certain team that is so much more motivated and the right. other team, I think, yep. to be there, even though Tulane is a group of five and, and they have something to prove. But I feel really good about the Hokies here. Yeah, I, I do too. And again, when, when we kind of did our overarching previews a, a week or so ago and, and we were just talking about, okay, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Clemson, the mm-hmm. three teams to me that had the most to kind of gain from this postseason. We're going to get a great snapshot of this, you know, coming up in, a, in, in 10 days and in, in nine days. You know, here to see this and and to see this unfold because I just feel good about these guys. I think, like you said, KG, they're excited. Kyron Drones is obviously the future, and just how they continue to build on that. So this is great momentum, dominating your rival, 
go get a, a big bowl victory and sprint into this offseason right. with recruits, with the transfer portal, and just your offseason workouts building. Get the spring ball feel really good there too. Because you know who's going to show up next year no matter what? Your fans, Virginia Tech. That's right. <laughs> they always right. do. They were selling that place out when, you know, you were struggling to win three or four games. So I think the future is very bright. But you got to go out there and, and prove it. I think you can gain a lot of yeah. momentum from this game. So go out there and, and handle what you need to do. That's right. No doubt about it. Hey, look, guys, we are square in the middle of this bowl season. We've got more episodes coming out Wednesday, Friday, Monday, and we take a is Christmas in there. Christmas is Monday. Maybe I think not Monday. Then we'll do not Tuesday, Monday. Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. we're loaded week. up. Yes. We got the content. Yes. We've got the guests. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a ton of fun. That's it for this episode. We need you to go over to YouTube, subscribe, jump on this channel. Uh, see these great guests. Like I mentioned that we have coming up here, very excited uh, for a bunch of them and, and to just further dive into these games uh, and subscribe, leave some comments, jump in the chat there. Always fun to see what you guys are talking about. And of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts as well. Rate, review, subscribe. We would appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.